The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thanks for joining us again. We greatly appreciate you tuning in. Remember, if you like what you hear on Winning Ponies, tell your friends about it because all the shows are on podcasts. We've had some fantastic guests. Uh, over the last couple of years, and, and they're up there. You can go back and, and listen to them. Uh, some of them just topical, not all of them just giving out uh, picks every week. Well, uh, one gentleman that uh, we were going to have on today, uh, Mark Simon, he's on a plane right now uh, headed to New York, and uh, so uh, we were able to make some switches there. But congratulations uh, to Mark Simon. Uh, the Daily Racing Forum announced that he will now be the national editorial operator uh he's going to be the, the the director of that his role as editorial director uh will continue to oversee what was started out to be the section that was their newest the drf breeding i don't know if you've got a form on sunday they, the first edition came out but he's also going to lead the daily racing forms national editorial and content operation uh, that publishes the news the analysis uh, handicapping tools uh, and uh, the past performances. So uh, Mark uh, and his wife will be uh, moving to New York. Of course, his wife is a multiple Eclipse Award winner, Mary Simon. And um, the CEO said that uh, with Mark's leadership, they're going to advance two key strategies. First, they're going to try to broaden Daily Racing Forms coverage of the industry beyond the horse player's Bible, as we coin it. And secondly, to accelerate the, the form's digital first agenda, uh, transforming to a 21st century information and technology company. I don't know if you go up on their site uh, at all, but it's kind of neat. I mean, they've got Twitter feeds and so many of the great writers like uh, uh, Jay Privman and Marty McGee and Marcus Hurst that have been on the show with us, uh, constantly updating you on things that are happening at the track. So uh, it looks like, uh, though we couldn't have him on this week, that uh, Mark Simon is going to join us next week and kind of tell us about all the new things that are, are happening uh, with, with the daily racing form. Uh, Later in the show, we're going to talk to one of my favorite people in the world, and that will be Ed Meyer. And uh, hopefully when you go up on Winning Ponies, you're not just pulling down all of their best bets of the day, but you go over to the sidebar and read some of the blogs. There's some very good writing on that, and one of the main contributors is Ed Meyer. Uh, We're going to talk to Ed about his uh, blog writing, and uh, also I'm going to pick his brain on – a race that I found interesting down at Gulfstream in the Honey Fox, and then I really want to know who he likes in the Rebel Stakes 
because this looks like it's going to be a good one. Of course, that one's going to be at Oak Lawn Park. Also covering the Rebel with us will be handicapper Matt O'Neill. Uh, the, the races uh, that we'll be looking at with Matt are going to be the, the Santa Margarita, uh, the Azari, which is the companion race to the Rebel, and then we're going to look at the San Luis Rey out there. Uh, both races at Santa Anita. We'll have Gary Stevens up on two of his comeback horses, uh, Great Hot and Slim Shady, the horses that gave him his first stakes wins after returning to the saddle. We'll be interested to see how they fare well. And then uh, at, at the bottom of this segment, we're going to look at some of the big races uh, that we looked at last week. Uh, some of them absolutely eye-popping, particularly the Gulfstream Park Handicap, who... Uh, B.J. Hernandez, eyes popped right into the dirt when they came out of the gate. Uh, Brian is okay. So is Fort Larned after running unbelievable fractions. Now, he didn't have a jockey on his back, but he would have set two track records at two different distances. All I can say is Ian Wilkes had him wound up and ready to go. Uh, so uh, word is that he came out of the incident okay, and so did Brian. So we're happy to hear about that. A little bit more in the uh, good news section. It looks like uh, Rachel Alexandra is healing well after her surgical procedures performed on March 7th to drain an abscess that developed after her reproductive trap uh, was hurt and infected after the birth of her foal. The uh, vets at Root and Riddle, they're pleased that her appetite is even more voracious. you got to love that word. At first they were just hand-feeding her grass, and now her appetite's good. That's always a good sign that you're returning to health. This Wednesday marked uh, one month since the 2009 Horse of the Year uh, underwent surgery to remove that damaged section of her colon. So she's making remarkable progress, but uh, it's still a long road to recovery. Obviously won't be bred this year, hopefully uh, being under close observation at Rudin Riddle. She's going to be uh, fine, fit, and ready for breeding next season. Some more news in the good news department. Ramon Dominguez was good enough to stop by and say hi to his fellow riders at Aqueduct Racetrack on Sunday. That was the first time he was back in the jocks room uh, since his spill. Uh, that was back on January 18th. As you know, we've been reporting about the injury, which had him in intensive care for a while uh, with the fractured skull and uh, Everything seems to be working in the right direction. Uh, he's got a doctor's appointment coming up in about 10 days, and he's going to know a lot more then. And um, he says he's pretty optimistic that uh, he's going to be good, good enough for a comeback. It'll be interesting to see if he comes back in time to pick up one of the many talented derby mounts that are going to be out there because you've got a lot of riders that are riding more than one horse that will probably end up in the Kentucky Derby, and uh, it would be great to see Ramon Dominguez back in the saddle. Well, we uh, alluded to Gary Stevens uh, at the top of the program uh, with the horses he'll be riding at Santa Anita this weekend. Looks like he's going to be making a big trip across the pond, and he's going to Dubai. Uh, Gary Stevens picked up the mount on Little Mike in the World Cup race, uh, replacing Karen Fallon. Now, Little Mike's over there. Uh, uh, Fallon... uh, Rode him to an eighth-place finish in the Al Maktoum Challenge uh, back on March 9th. Um, the other thing is that Little Mike's going to be returning to the turf and not on uh, a synthetic surface. And while he's over there, it looks like he's also going to pick up the mount on Doolahan for Dale Romans, uh, 
Fallon Road Doolin with troubled 11th place finish in a race called the Burj Nahir. So uh, it looks like uh, Little Mike's going to be uh, pointed uh, either the $5 million Shima Classic or the $5 million Duty Free over a mile and an eighth. Um, in other World Cup news, trainer Graham Motion said Tuesday that Joel Rosario will ride Animal Kingdom in the World Cup. Of course, Rosario was aboard Animal Kingdom in a ride that a lot of people in the media were knocking as he made a huge move uh, early, mid backstretch and around the turn and uh, what motion says is I'm not a big believer in jerking riders off a horse just because they made one mistake and sometimes it takes that experience for a rider to get to know the horse better so uh, Animal Kingdom is is working uh, forwardly over the Palm Meadows course over at Payson Park is Royal Delta and those two will be sharing the flight together over to Dubai uh, in a bold move towards the uniform regulation of medication and testing in North America, the regulators of eight states in the Mid-Atlantic and Northeast have committed to implement a uniform medication and drug testing program. Uh, this uh, agreement was spearheaded by the Thoroughbred Horsemen's Association. Uh, this is going to be a dramatic change in, in medication regulation. Right now, the, uh, the participating states are New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Delaware, Maryland, Virginia, West Virginia, and Massachusetts. And it's going to be called the Mid-Atlantic Uniform Medication Program. It'll be very interesting to see, you know, how it works. Uh, they've come up with a list of uh, drugs that most I can't pronounce, but uh, there's 24 rec medications that have been recognized appropriate for therapeutic use in racehorses. And so those will be the ones that you can use. Obviously, there's going to have to be uh, consistent lab testing across the board uh, to make sure that everybody is testing the same for the same uh, potential uh, categorized drugs. All right, we're going to be looking again at, at the Rebel, and we're also going to be looking back at races that impacted the Kentucky Derby. So we have had some uh, point changes at the top. As far as the Derby horses are concerned, uh, Vijack and Orb are tied at 50 with Verrazano. Uh, here, the Ghost is at 50. Now, Flashback has 30. Golden Sense, 29. Shanghai Bobby at 24. And Java's War was impressive, picked up 22. So uh, that's a look at the top horses as far as the Kentucky Derby points are concerned. As far as the, uh, the girls getting into the Oaks, uh, Beholder on top with 64. Then it goes to Rose to the gold with 14, unlimited budget, live lively, dreaming of Julia, and I love this name, 50 Shades of Hay. Of course, off the Derby Trail is the Derby contender, Violence. He's going to be going to stud at Hill and Dale in 2014. It's too bad he couldn't continue on the road to the Kentucky Derby. Uh, I have not seen a stud fee announced for violence at this time. Okay, let's go back and take a quick look at some of those races before we bring in my man, Ed Meyer. Um, the Tampa Bay Derby. Remember now, this the Tampa Bay has launched some nice horses over the past couple of years. I know it's a quaint little track, but uh, Street Sense went through there in 2007 and Super Saver in 2010. So... 
this year, it looks like another huge potential derby horse went through there in Verrazano. He proved that he is the real deal. Uh, kind of with Johnny being the saddle, he's a Todd Pletcher trainee. He was making only his third lifetime start, first in a graded stakes race and going around two turns. And uh, got up there a little early, looked like he was going to get pinned down. Johnny V took him outside. And let me tell you, that big boy, and he is big and good-looking, he won with lots left in the tank. Horse that impressed me at 33-1 to 1 was Jabba's War, trained by Kenny McPeak, who we had on the show about three weeks ago. Jabba's War was last at the half-mile pole and put in a very big rally. Let's face it, he wasn't going to catch Verrazano last Saturday, but Jabba's War was impressive and looks like a horse that can go the distance. Uh, Falling Sky, who set the pace, ended up running third in that race. All right, then we went to the San Felipe, and this looked like a two-horse race on paper between Flashback and Golden Sense. And it looked like a two-horse race coming down the lane as those two were on top by about three lengths. But all of a sudden, charging on the outside, a Jerry Hollendorfer trainee called Here's the Ghost knocked him over the head with Corey Nakatani, 13.80 to win. Holding on for the second spot was Flashback, and uh, Golden Sense was nosed out for the third spot by Tis a Minister, a horse we mentioned that is a stone closer. All right, the race uh, that we caught uh, a lot of people off balance again was the Gulfstream Park Handicap. Uh, Fort Larned, uh, last year's Breeders' Cup Classic winner, went violently to the dirt as soon as the gates opened, threw Brian Hernandez down, and then sped past the, the field in just an amazing manner. Like I said, without weight on his back, he set two track records at Gulfstream Park at different distances. He was going so fast. So uh, once again, I believe he came back okay. Obviously, Ian Wilkes has him on his toes. The the winner in here, though, is one we're going to have to watch in Discreet Dancer. This was kind of the question mark horse, and surprisingly went off at 9-5. to five. We said he was a horse for course. He's now made every lifetime start at Gulfstream Park and has a record of five starts, four wins, and a third. Discreet Dancer got the win in the Gulfstream Park handicap. And the last race we took a look at was the Hillsborough. And the winner in here was Old Toon, who went off the favorite, wire to wire. And finishing second in there was Forces of Darkness, who I think is a horse we're going to have to watch. And the horse that Ed and I liked at 8-1, to one, Kyla won, had a little more trouble and just got nosed out, or you know who would have had the trifecta. All right, well, that's a look at what happened in racing this week. Now we're going to take a look at what's happened in racing's future and a look at see what's in the mind of one Ed Meyer. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? 
you can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you. Every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, a very familiar voice on these airwaves. The one, the only, the man I admire, admire. How you doing, Steady Eddie? Good evening, Johnny. How you doing? I'm I'm doing good. I'm getting excited. Uh, you know, uh, you told me early on when you passed the baton to to me here at Winning Ponies that uh, I'd find myself kind of reaching for stuff in midwinter, <laughs> and you were absolutely right about that. But now all of a sudden. As the weather warms up here, moving into the Midwest, and all of a sudden the, the three-year-old trail opens and grass racing starts again, uh, it, it's a lot livelier and a lot more fun to do the show. Oh, it sure is. Uh, you know, it, it's it's a labor and a burden of nothing but pure love for guys like us and for many others that enjoy just even listening and taking part. But all those years... That you know, you'd say, "What are you fiddling with? What are you printing down? What are you getting?" All you know, I'd start on a Monday, which I'm sure that you do, yes, and I you do. start working away. By the time you have it by Thursday, you've it's it's a lot of fun, and you know, you get to you really get to know the races pretty well. Well, yeah, you do that too, and it, it does keep you on top of uh, a lot of the national news. You know, uh, it'll be interesting to see with this new uh, Northeast uh, organization. Uh, I wonder just if it's successful, if there will eventually be a nationwide, you know, medication rule. It'll be interesting to see what they come up with. Hopefully, hopefully it'll work. Like I said, there's 24 medications that, therapeutic medications that they are allowing, and hopefully that's including Lasix. So hopefully that'll be enough to, to cover it. Well, Ed, this time of year, I know uh, you, you work out of your man cave down there, and uh, <laughs> your, your latest blog was checking on the competition, and I see you made some nice mention of uh, horses we'll be talking about here in, in a few minutes, uh, and a lot of horses that I'm going to put uh, in into my new. I'm going to join this uh, my fantasy stable uh, that's coming up. Uh, your old friend Jude Feld is uh, is behind that. We're going to be talking to one of his partners, Matt O'Neill. And I want to know um, when you put together the stable, you, you get to email a couple buddies that you compete against. Can I put you on my list? 
Of course you can. Well, first thing, anything Jude's got his hand in, it's top shelf. Is he knows a whole lot about the game, and he's. I'll tell you what, he's got good, interesting stories. Doesn't offer him out. You have to ask, but good, interesting stuff. Jude's a good guest. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, like I said, uh, you know, I'll be talking with uh, his partner uh, Matt O'Neill here in, in the second part of the program. But right now, I'm talking to you, Ed. Uh, when you when you sit down, I know a lot of the blogs uh, I, I read of yours uh, come from a real personal part. Uh, they really show your love of the game. Uh, they show, I think, the little Runyon-esque side to you, uh, the characters that you've come across over the years. Well, when I read yours, I, I, I get a nice smile on my face, and I'm just wondering if you're smiling while you're writing them. The entire time, and since 2008, I've, I've enjoyed every second of it. There's been some that have actually been printed down, believe it or not, and by others, family members and friends. John, for me, it's a, it's a time of reflection. It's of the many characters that I've written about are all true. They're goofballs, great people, and, and just wonderful horse players. But uh, most of all, they're very interesting. And I, I got to show my love of racing, my love of what I was doing, working with winning ponies. And I even got to reflect on the guy that got me started, my dad, which, you know, for the many years that we went to the track were, were so very special to me. Absolutely. Well, like I said, I, I do I do enjoy reading those personal columns, but right now it's kind of like it seems like you're starting to get your teeth into it. It's like, okay, let's face it, it's a racing website. People are checking in here. I got to I got to get my teeth into some of these Derby contenders. It's it's that time now. These next three weeks are going to be a lot of answers are are, are going to be put to rest. Or a lot of questions I say are are going to be answered. Uh, many things are going to be put to rest. I say there's going to be a a few defections, uh, an injury or two, uh, you know, God forbid on that note, but uh, it's usually about this time of the year. Things are really happening these next three weeks. Yeah, something I uh, d didn't get a chance to mention is uh, I've struck a nerve who would have been one of the favorites for the Louisiana Derby. It looks like uh, he's he's on the sidelines for now. And then, of course, uh, the Todd Pletcher uh, horse uh, of violence has already been uh, put out to studs. So, yeah, w some will definitely fall to the wayside. That's why that, that Derby advance wager is, is no such thing, no matter how good you look. But if you want to talk about looking good, and I know that you saw the race, what about Verrazano in the Tampa Bay Derby on Saturday? You know, I, I'm going to go 80-20 on you, John. And 80%, I, I agree, one, one bazillion percent of the 80%. It was an impressive run, how Johnny V looked under his shoulder, uh, a la Dom Brunfield back in the day. Verrazano was drawing off. And it's incredible, wonderful, nice little call here by more than ready. But, John, I have to ask the hard question now from a gambling perspective. Who did he beat, and did he get anything out of the race? I think he got a lot out of the race. I think he, okay. I think he won with plenty in the tank. Mm -hmm. I think, I think Velasquez had to use some tactical decisions early on because as they were going around that turn, it looked like he almost got jammed up on the inside, and he took him back a couple strides, got across the the, the pace setter, and then just kind of let him do it on his own. I, I got I got a feeling the other 20% of what you're going to be talking about is how impressive Java's war was coming through the lane. That uh, Java's war, Kenny McPeak brings him ready. You can never dismiss anywhere Kenny McPeak uh, as, as saddled a horse from Arapahoe to Zia Park. 
take any part of Kenny McPeak that you can. Willie Martinez is riding like he was 18. And another one, Falling Sky, came, a, came from a friend of mine, uh, a guy from New York that I know. He said that Falling Sky actually ran a better race than it shows on the chart. So I'm going to go back. I'm going to look at it a few times. But not taking anything away from Verrazano, that's the 80% of the race. It was impressive. I just questioned Tampa Bay, who did he beat and what did he get out? You know what? I respect your opinion on that. He got a lot out of it. He won. And you know what? Next uh, next up, and we get to see just exactly what he's made up for the next acid test. Well, you know I'm a visual player, too, and he is a big, strapping, good-looking horse. Well, let's go to some horses. You want to say who did they beat? Well, some of these horses have brought some credentials to the race. Let's go to the other side of the country, out at Santa Anita. Uh, what did you think of the San Felipe, a horse that was billed as a, as a two-horse race between Flashback and Golden Sense? The San Felipe, John, was was I I think as from a race race fans perspective, it was a rough disaster to watch. It was like a train wreck. Twenty two and four, forty five and four, one hundred nine and four. They were humming and bumming. I had read, as probably as you and so many others, the tweets and everything on Facebook and everything from the rags had, and then Kevin Krieger aboard Golden Sense said he couldn't believe that the pace that Julian Lepreau wasn't going to let up. Looking back on this, I think that Flashback actually is just that strong of an animal. That's why they're going to Garrett Gomez, a little stronger rider down the lane, who's going to ride for Lepreau. I think Flashback is one to come, is my pick in this race, to actually come back and see run for the big chair. Yeah, it was only his third lifetime start, and he did hang in there while Golden Sense, uh, you know, faded to fourth. Um, I just think both of them uh, didn't really want to be where they were, but once they were there and they were running that fast, there was no going back. Uh, agreed. And you know when two get out there and ding-dong to such fractions, anyone that's got uh, four legs and they're breathing uh, not to the bottom of their barrel is going to inhale them down the lane. And Corey Nakatani can't take a, one thing away from him. Right place, right time, and he wrote Here the Ghost uh, just impeccably. But uh, I'm still going to take flashback for one more round, John, boy. I don't blame you. Well, I'll tell you what. I, one of the races I'm going to uh, cover uh, after talking about my fantasy stable with uh, Matt O'Neill is going to be the Rebel. And I find this to be a very, very interesting horse. Uh, the way I see it is somebody's got to jump up and knock the crown off Super 99, but it looks like there's potential in here for horses to do that unless he runs back to I'm just wondering if the slop is what moved him up so big. Uh, in, in the Southwest Stakes. Of course, one of my favorite combinations, the Killer Bees, Rafael Bayerano riding for Bob Baffert. The horse won by uh, 11 and a quarter and repeated his second 100-plus buyer figure. I, I can't slight Super 99, especially since I bet him in even money and actually thought it was super, uh, super price. You brought up a good point with the wet number. It was a 413 and Tomlinson wet number, and, and he's one for one, John. Impressive. But it was a sle- sealed sloppy track. I'm usually not ready to come back and dive in with both hands. I'm very impressed with Super 99. Baffert said he'd make the lead. He took the lead. He stole the race. He killed him. Impressive run. But you were talking about some prices. I, I don't know how much of a price you're going to get when they actually close the windows, but I like Delhomme. As the quarterback, uh, I really like the Remsen race. If you go back and watch it, it was uh, almost uh, three to one, two and a half to one, and gets beat three quarters length to overanalyze a norm at the invasion last November running a mile and an eighth. They're cutting back in distance 
in this Thunder Dixie Union really catches my eye. Once again, still eligible for the Triple Crown, owned by Windstar Farm, trained by Pletcher, Garrett Gomez in the saddle there. I really like Del Ome, John. Yeah, you know, it's kind of interesting. I mean, you know, Todd Pletcher's got to play a chess game with his riders. And I think all of a sudden he said, hey, I think I might want to get Garrett Gomez in the mix because I got a feeling that uh, Johnny V is going to be staying with Verrazano. And uh, then he's got, of course, uh, Xavier Castellano in, in his stable. Um, I find this an interesting move, bringing Gomez in to ride Del home. It does tell me that he respects his horse quite a bit. I, I think such. You have to have to give a really hard look. They've done absolutely nothing wrong. Is roughly one length shy of having three in a row. I like the trainer, I like the rider, and and I've got to go one more round. If you're, if you're going to bet the race, I think Super Ninety Nine is super, and, and the name is fitting. But I will tell you this: coming out of that far of the eleven post, because there's a coupled entry in there, is not a bonus by any way, shape, or form. And while we're talking musical jockeys, kind of interesting here, uh, someone you've got to respect, D. Wayne Lucas, who's having a hell of a season. Uh, John Court, I thought, gave Oxbow a, a very good ride in a very contentious Risen Star. Horse ran fourth, was only beaten a half a length, but uh, he's bringing in Mike Smith to ride Oxbow. I wonder if he's hedging his bet with this horse. You're bringing in quite the money, man, there. I... I... I'm still in love with Smith. I think he's uh, he's a great money rider. He was what Gary Stevens was at the end of career one. Now he's into career two. Hey, who knows where this sentence is going. But I like Smith. He's a good money man. The coach is having a good year. And you know what? I'm kind of glad to see it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, I, and I was happy to see John Court reunited with him. Now, he does have John Court on another horse over the weekend, so it's not like he, he's given up on him totally. Uh, I think if there's just one more fly in the ointment, and they're going to see what he's made of on Saturday, is will take charge. You might be able to throw his southwest race out because it seems like he just didn't like a sloppy track. But uh, other than that, he's certainly got the breeding to be a good one, and it's another D. Wayne Lucas trainee, and again, John Court is getting the call on him. Um, if you can put a line through his last race, he could be dangerous and you could get a price. Well, that, that would round out the try nicely, as well as uh, Ron Ellis's treasury bill, who, who ran against shaking it up. Who's, who's been beaten by Super 99 uh, a couple of times. So it's kind of like who beat who in the company you keep. Treasury Bill's in here and has uh, not run a bad race yet. Absolutely. Well, Eddie, it looks like uh, our producer, D is uh, knocking on the window saying, hey, we got to pay the bills and, and run an ad. I, I, I always uh, feel bad stopping a conversation with you, but as you know, we'll have more later in the weekend. In fact, we will. And uh, once again, keep reading the blogs. Check in with the Easy Win Forms. These guys are on fire. All right, and so are you. Thanks so much. We've been talking with Ed Meyer, a frequent contributor uh, to uh, not only the Winning Ponies blogs, but he's my go-to guy whenever I need strong advice on the races that are coming up. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to be going to my fantasy stable and learn about that from Matt O'Neill. You're listening to Winning Ponies.
Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Every Wednesday, you'll want to talk sports with touchdown Tony Collins and his co-host Bill Mattis. Tony's broken records and has been to the Pro Bowl and the Super Bowl. We'll talk about what's happening in sports every week with news, action, and notable guests from all aspects of the sports world. We'll also involve you by discussing questions and topics of interest sent in via email from listeners all over the world. Become what you believe. Tune into Sports Talk with Touchdown Tony Collins, Wednesdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Sports. This Is It Sports is an engaging talk program that includes you, the experts, and sports, all moderated by Coach Carl Hargrave. We'll talk about what's going on in the general sports world, collegiate and professional, take a look at youth-oriented sports, athletic development and sportsmanship, faith, and where it has its place in sports, along with a lively discussion with Coach Carl every week. Tune in to This Is It Sports with Coach Carl Hargrave every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and, and coming up with me is Matt O'Neill. Matt was uh, nice enough to s- step up and pinch hit. Jude Feld was excited about being on the show, but he got called away to a meeting that he just could not uh, say no to, and I can't spill the beans on where he went, but I wouldn't been able to say no either. It's a really interesting project he's working on. But another project that, that, that Jude's been, been working on along uh, – with, uh, with with Matt O'Neill is myfantasystable.com. I believe that, uh, they've also had the services of the web design company 352 Media Group who helped create the site. And now the baton has been passed to uh, the Jockey Club Technology Services, uh, the Lexington, Kentucky-based Bloodstock Research Information. A lot of people know them as BRIS. Uh, so it's definitely a, a, a legit site. Looks like it's going to be a fun site. I know I've already uh, started to register. I just got to figure out who who the dudes are I'm going to play against. So uh, with me is Matt O'Neill. Matt, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. I know I have, uh, have some big shoes to fill tonight. <laughs> In more ways than one, I'll let that drop. Um, anyhow, Matt, uh, uh, tell our audience a little bit about about your background, uh, how you got involved uh, with with thoroughbred racing. Okay, well, uh, started back when I was uh, 13 years old. I tagged along uh, with my grandfather uh, on a birthday trip of his to uh, Fringo Lakes Racetrack in upstate New York, and I bet two to show on a horse, and she ran third and made a dollar twenty, and uh, been hooked ever since. 
So, uh, you know, from there, went uh, started working on the backside, worked with, you know, Saratoga and, with uh, Frank Abichetta and Tom Skittington for a couple, se- uh, couple summers and uh, went to University of Louisville's equine program, equine business program for a couple years and, um, you know, through my first, uh, lived in Louisville for a while and uh, started going to get, you know, to the Derby and, uh, you know, just kind of grew from there. So, but uh, it all started off as, um, you know, throughout high school, I was a, I was a gambler betting on horses and uh, just figured I'd better learn as much about how the game worked in order to be, in order to not lose all my money. And it just uh, kind of took off from there. Uh, what part of upstate New York are you from? I'm an upstater. Okay, I grew up in uh, Binghamton, New York. Okay. All right. Yeah, I had uh, a bunch of brothers go to St. Bonaventure, not far from there, at, uh, right. in, in Olean, and uh, mm-hmm. we grew up in uh, Syracuse and Albany. So, yeah, there's definitely sure. some Saratoga in our genes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it's been had a lot, a lot of a lot of my uh, a lot of my better memories up there in Saratoga. So. Uh, Matt, uh, the, uh, the the concept for my fantasy stable and 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 how the game works. Uh, I, I know there's a lot of details, but I'll tell you what, your site's very good at walking somebody through. But uh, a lot of our listeners, I think, would like to get involved in something like this because it's just a fun thing to do. Uh, kind of paint with a broad brush the, the, the site, the game, how they get involved, and how the whole thing works. Sure, sure. So, yeah, basically me and uh, three other partners were looking around about a year and a half ago was, you know, trying to find some ways to help, uh, you know, help you know, bring some new fans to the sport and, you know, just kind of come, come up with a fun way to do that. Uh, we looked around and didn't really see a fantasy horse racing game in the model of fantasy football and fantasy baseball, which, you know, I play a lot and I know Jude does and, you know, those wildly, you know, popular games. So we, um, you know, partnered, uh, found a developing partner about this time last year, actually, is when we really got the ball rolling. And the idea is to allow, you know, people to get their friends together, uh, create, create a league like you would in fantasy football and uh, draft a unique, you know, a, a unique team of horses. So you have some ownership, um, you know, so you basically root for your own team. And um, so the concept, you know, basically grew from there. And um, so the way it works is you go and you basically register. It's very, very simple registration process. Um, you can then... Um, you can then uh, create your own, create a private league if you want to go ahead and invite you, uh, invite some people, and you'll get basically like a an email you can send out uh, to your friends uh, to invite them to play. You basically you would set um, the, the you know the date and time of your draft at some point in the future. Everybody would get online and have um, and do the draft that way. Um, you can also do an offline draft um, where you basically you know if you, you know if everybody can kind of be in the same spot at once, um, you know pick your horses and then manually input the uh, the horses uh, after that. And basically the way it works, you draft uh, 10 horses, two jockeys, and two trainers. You'll start uh, your best five horses each week, and then um, your best uh, jockey or trainer, you can switch them out uh, on a daily basis. And then we also have, a, like, a waiver wire process set up uh, similar to the other sports where you can you have basically up to nine transactions uh, for the season. Um, if you want to, you know, your horse gets hurt, you want to, you know, try to upgrade your stable through a waiver wire and add drop process, uh, we have that available as well. And uh, basically, you get whoever gets the most purses uh, through Belmont Stakes Day uh, wins the league. Now, um, uh, obviously, we could set the stakes on a personal basis, but let's say there's, there's myself and, and, and five friends, brothers, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so when we go into the draft, okay, uh, I, I get lucky enough and I draft Verrazano. Can anybody right. else put Verrazano in a stable? No, he's yours and yours alone. So that's what we really insisted on. That you know, it was a, you, you have your own unique uh, set of horses and jockeys and trainers. So. Well, that was the other thing I was going to ask you. Can two people have John Velasquez? Nope, nope. It's uh, whoever gets it's uh, first come first serve. Yeah. 
So on your advice, okay, let's say, would you go horses first and then maybe the person that got the last pick in the horse <laughs> business get the first pick in the jockey business? Right. Um, yeah, well, you've got you any know, suggestions along those lines to make it fair? Yeah, yeah I would think well, the, the jockeys and trainers get ten uh, percent of the of the uh, of the purses that their horses earned. And I should clarify that we're just using um, for this game. It's just triple crown nominees, basically. So any male triple crown nominated horse is part of the pool, and then jockeys and trainers are only getting you know ten percent of the earnings for you know horses that are active in this game. So I think Todd Pletcher you know, probably should be going pretty high in drafts. Cause I yeah, think, I would say between uh, Pletcher and Baffert and maybe yeah. Chad Brown and a few other guys, you're going to be scrambling yeah. at the top. Yeah, for sure, because I think they have, you know, the advantages over jockeys because they obviously have, you know, multiple, they can, um, you know, they can have, uh, you know, multiple horses going at the same time and, you know, in the same races even. So. Right, but Garrett Gomez can only ride one, so. Right, Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, again, I wanted to tell our listeners, I'll tell them before we end the show, too. It's called MyFantasyStable.com. People listening to the show have a lot of friends. uh, And let's face it, a lot of handicapping is about ego. And uh, it'd just be a fun way to play. Doesn't cost a single thing. You get official data from Briss. Uh, so it's uh, it's myfantasystable.com. So right. what's not my fantasy stable is some of these races that are coming up, and we're going to see how good this handicapper from upstate New York is right now. We're going to start out um, at Oak Lawn Park, and uh, then we're going to move over to, to Santa Anita. And let's start out with the Rebel. That looks like uh, a contentious race on a lot of levels, but after this super performance that Super 99 put in, I think he's the one to beat in there. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, I think as a gambler, you really you want to look hard at a horse like this and see is there any way, you know, I can possibly beat this horse. I mean, you know, we really, you know, ran that super race on a wet track. So you can maybe, you know, count that against them on a dry track on Saturday. And um, But then if you look back, you know, he basically, you know, beat a stakes quality allowance field, you know, the race before that. So, you know, I think – He's legitimate on any on any surface, um, but I think you know obviously the starting point is there. Um, one thing I noticed was you know I know your previous guest was talking about the loam, and I think you know if you do get any sort of price on him on Saturday, you know maybe take a shot because um, he's getting seven pounds from from the horses that have been more successful uh, this season. You know the Boxbow and Super Ninety Nine or will take charge. are all carrying one hundred and twenty two, and you know the loam gets in at one hundred and fifteen. So. It might be a little bit of advantage. That might um, not. Might not um, it might. It might escape some handicappers. That's a good point. As a matter of fact, it escaped this one. I'll be honest with you. That's. I. I just kind of. You know, three-year-olds this time of the season. You, you, I'm assuming they're carrying the same weight. But no. Thanks. Thanks for pointing that out. And really, once again, you got Todd Pletcher. You got Garrett Gomez. You've got a horse who has improved in his buyer speed figures every race. Um, and uh, you know it's just it's just hard to ignore just about anything out of the Pletcher barn this time of year. Yeah, for sure. So um, yeah, and a couple other ones you know I think are, are interesting. Um, you know, we'll take charge. I mean, you know, you can kind of maybe throw his last race out, and uh, you know, and even you know, despite the weight, uh, Oxbow, I thought you know I thought he had the Risen Star. You know, I thought he was going to run away with the Risen Star like he did with LeConf last time, and somehow didn't didn't quite get it done. But you know, I'd be interested to see. Um, you know, it's fun to just look at these races. You know, just as uh, as, as 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 a scout too. So I'm, you know, there's a, there's a gambling side of it, and then there's like, you know, I'm just intrigued to see how some of these horses run. 
All right. Well, uh, we're only about a minute or so away from our first break, but I wanted to uh, take a look at the Azari. It's a grade three run at Oaklawn Park. It's a mile and a sixteenth, and basically you got the top three finishers out of the Bayacoa that was run at Oaklawn Park, but you do have my Miss Oriella who was considering some races at Santa Anita, decided to ship in from here. Um, you know, let's face it, as a three-year-old, she was one of the most talented fillies in North America. That lasted all the way up until the time where she had to face her elders in the Breeders' Cup Ladies Classic, and she ran into a buzzsaw by, Royal, by the name of Royal Delta, but still managed a strong second-place finish. I got a feeling... Definitely, she's the one they got to shoot at. I know that she's never raced at Oaklawn, but on a class edge, I think she's got it. Yeah, for sure. And I'm a big fan of this filly. I, you know, I loved her when she won the, the Juvenile Phillies that day. And you know, she's just nothing but class. And um, you know, great connections. And um, yeah, it's really hard, you know, to see her to see her getting beat. Um, although, you know, I mean, I guess you know, playing devil's advocate, I mean, she's this is definitely a prep for the Grade One uh, Apple Blossom coming up in April. You know, they could have took a shot at the grade one, you know, that we'll talk about here in a, in a few minutes at Santa Anita. So, you know, I think, you know, if she's, this is the race that she'll be vulnerable in if she's going to be vulnerable all year. And, um, you know, I would make, take a shot with a horse like Tismas Sue, uh, making her second start out of the year. She actually won this race uh, last year by three lengths. And um, I can see her running a big race. And, you know, Songs and Sonnets is sort of interesting to me as well. She ran a, you know, kind of a runaway race last time when she had everything her own way, but, um, you know, she's got a really nice sire and unbridled song, great connections in Pin Oak Stud, and uh, her dad actually uh, won the Honeybee over this track, uh, grade three, a couple years ago, so she certainly um, that affinity for the track she showed last time uh, shouldn't be a fluke. Well, if I'm looking for an upsetter in here, it's going to be a Tis Ms. Sue. She won this race last year, uh, had been off since October, was favored in the Bayacoa, and uh, she broke really sharp. That took her off a little bit. And I got a feeling that race is going to do nothing but move her forward. Forward enough to beat my Miss Ariella? I don't know about that. But we will find out. That's at Oakland Park on Saturday. All right, you're listening to Matt O'Neill. You're listening to Winning Ponies. When we come back after a brief break, we're going out on the West Coast to beautiful Santa Anita. Again, you're listening to Winning Ponies. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Your 
your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, our guest, Matt O'Neill, today, uh, one of the gentlemen who's uh, behind the promotion of My Fantasy Stable, a real fun online game. You can either uh, take on some of the big boys. I think there's 62 stables already in existence, or uh, you and your family and friends can just compete amongst yourself once again. Uh, you can put up uh, a monetary stake, or you can put up a stake at the Pine Club uh, for the winner. So uh, it's your choice. Again, we'll go back and we'll review uh, My Fantasy uh, Stable before we close out the show. Right now, we're switching gears, uh, going from Hot Springs out to Santa Anita. First race we're going to look at is the Grade 1 Santa Margarita. Still makes me scratch my head that you can only get a half a dozen horses going for three hundred thousand and and a, and a grade one. Uh, still brings together an interesting field that you can make a case for most of them in here. Of course, one of the great storylines in this race is Great Hot, uh, a horse that brought back Gary Stevens to the winner's circle in his first stakes race after his six-year hiatus. What, what do you think about Gary coming back? I think it's I think it's absolutely fantastic. So um, you know, and he's uh, one of the great riders of all time, and always represents the sports well. You know, the, the you know the sport well. So um, yeah, I think it'd be uh, be great uh, to see him uh, keep winning these races. And he's got some big races, big mouths coming up. It looks like he's going to be on Dullahan in the World Cup, and um, so I think uh, you know his Hall of Fame stats are going to have to be updated pretty soon. Yeah, and he he was on the show about three weeks ago, and just what what a class act. He's also picked up the mount on Little Mike as long as he's out he's, he's out in Dubai, so yeah. he might be bringing home some pretty solid paychecks. Um, <laughs> I guess the question in, in here with with Great Hot, uh, this race is at a mile and an eighth, and there's really only uh, one mare in the field that that's one at the distance, and and that's brushed by a star. I think if there's a second storyline in the Santa Margarita. It's Joyful Victory, uh, who uh, is trained by Larry Jones. Uh, the Red Hot, uh, Rosie Napravnik, uh, will be will be riding. I don't know if, the, if this could potentially be her first mount ever in Santa Anita, for all I know. Um, but it's a pretty, pretty bold move for this horse to, to be shipping out uh, one of the Houston uh, ladies in awful easy fashion last time out. So that seems like the storyline to me. What, what comes to the top for Matt O'Neill? Um, yeah, it seems like, you know, um, there isn't, you know, most of these horses seem to have at least, you know, some tactical speed. So I'm really sort of interested, interested to see how the early, you know, part of this race shapes up. I mean, it's hard to imagine Joyful Victory getting that kind of easy lead like she got last time. Um, you know, and I think it actually kind of sets up well for, for Brush by a Star. Um, you know, it looks like the last four races they've really, you know, taken this taken this mare off the pace and, and made made a – one big run with her, and I think uh, that should that could ver- serve her very well in this race. Um, I'm also intrigued by more chocolate too. I think she, you know, can get that kind of stalking pace and maybe get uh, you know the first first run at the speed horses, um, you know, from the outside, and um, you know, 
make be her second second race on the dirt. You know, she's by Malibu Moon out of a night shift mare, so you know, distance shouldn't be a problem for her. So, um, so I guess uh, six two for me in this in this one. All right, more chocolate and and brushed by a star. I, I just think it's going to be a very uh, interesting race to watch. I, I just wish there were six more in there to make it to make it e- even more interesting. And what surprises me is a lot of horses that uh, have never raced uh, at Santa Anita in there, including uh, uh, the only key. Uh, brushed by a star. Although these are all very well-traveled horses, it'll it'll be very interesting to see how they fare over the mile and a furlong at Santa Anita. Um, let's move on to uh, the San Luis Ray, the 62nd running. Um, the storyline in here I like is a horse I watched run as a two-year-old in a great, in a great stakes race uh, called the Cradle Stakes back at Little Old River Downs and then was sold privately by the name uh, of Bourbon Bay, who became just a, a monster as far as uh, distance races out on the West Coast. Loves Santa Anita, has won uh, over $600,000 there, seven for ten. But uh, he won this race back in 2012, but he's had a few vacations since, and I just wonder if the seven-year-old gelding has still got it in him. I'll be rooting for him, but I just wonder if uh, Neil Drysdale's got him ready for a top performance. But I did see in February he, he went 35-4 and four in a three-furlong uh, sprint workout, so he, he's obviously still alive and well. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, one of my uh, one of my other hats is uh, do some work for Adina Springs Farm, and they they bred this horse. And uh, of course, he's by one of their Canadian stallions in Cycle Bay. So I've been been following his career pretty closely over the last couple of years. And I just uh, I just concerned about his last couple of races. Um, you know, it looks like he's may have, you know what may have lost a step uh, just based on his last two races. And you know, then they you know. Chris, you mentioned the vacations between both those races. So, but you know, but if any horse, you know, you, you know, Neil Drysdale does right by his horses. So, if, you know, if um, you know, he's he's you know his workouts and you know the trainer is telling you he's he's sitting on a race. So he certainly can't ignore him in here. Well, the other storyline you've got is the horse that gave Gary Stevens his second stakes win on his return. Slim Shady, a horse with good speed, draws down on the rail, and another horse that absolutely thrives on the Santa Anita turf. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like uh, with Joyful Victory. I'm just wondering if um, you know if you're going to be able to get that kind of lead in, in here. You know, Bright Thought kind of steps into um, you know Greatest Stakes Company, the number seven. You know, he went wire to wire. He's gone wire to wire in his last two races, including you know last one at a mile and a quarter. So, and he's kind of a, you know, younger, up-and-coming, you know, a, a younger four-year-old. You know, four-year-olds are younger, young, uh, part of the younger set in, in a race like this. And, um, you know, so I'm just wondering if, you know, some shady can get can get the lead. You know, certain, the rail certainly helps. But, um, well, here's 20 bucks. I'm sending you to the window, Matt O'Neill. Who are you betting on? Uh, probably number two, Interaction. So, uh, you know, my, you know, Mr. McAnally's having a, having a great winner, and, um, you know, I think, you know, I think uh, you know the pace probably sets up for him a little bit better than it did uh, last time out. And uh, in his last two races, really good. You know, puts in his run, and um, I think he gets gets the job done uh, on uh, Saturday. Okay. Well, listen, Matt O'Neill. Thank you so much for for being on the show. Tell Jude I said hi, and I understand why he co- couldn't make it. And. Uh, we're uh, we're closing in on the close of the show. I just want to remind everybody, it's myfantasystable.com. It can't look to go up on the Internet and take a look. I think you and your friends will have a lot of fun. Matt, thanks for being with us tonight. Okay, John, I really appreciate it. Thank you.
All right. So that was Matt O'Neill. And, of course, earlier, one of my favorite guests and people in the world, Ed Meyer. Keep tuning in. Don't forget those easy figs up on winningponies.com. And don't forget to pass around the word that all these shows are on podcasts. So if any of your friends missed it, they can still get it. Remember, if you take your girlfriend to the races, practice safe bets. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.